This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the Dish Professionals. Call them, 801-424-DISH. Get hooked up, get an extra $100 cash back just for signing up during the show. You can come out, grab some jazz gear, 8034 South State Street. Come see us, say hello, and uh, we'll hook you up. Still have some jerseys left, so uh, make that happen. Uh, but let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Joining us now, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. What's going on, Tanner? What's up, guys? How's it going? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. You you riding high? You feeling good? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a pretty good weekend. If you, you know, football is back, both college, NFL. Tom Brady won on Thursday, which is always good. And then how about the Cougars uh, playing well on Saturday? Definitely a good weekend overall. Were you aware of the fact that Tanner idolizes Tom Brady? I, I did know that about him, yeah. Okay. I did. Uh, yeah. Well, he's he's pretty good. Last time I checked. He's okay. He's, he's really good. Do you, do you and Tanner bond over your Tom Brady love? Look, which which mean, you doubted in the Super Bowl, by the way, which I'm going to bring up from now on. What? I look forever. Yeah, I've been talking about how great Tom Brady is for a long time now. Just not good enough to pick him in the Super Bowl. Well, he's only won <laughs> what, like six of them? Seven. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Tanner, uh, want to get your thoughts on the quarterback play from both sides? Uh, Gordon and I have been chatting uh, about this quite a bit. Jaron Hall certainly made uh, a bunch of big plays. Want to get your thoughts on Charlie Brewer as well? But start with Jaron. Well, I mean, Jaron had the game of his life. I mean, maybe maybe statistically it wasn't huge, it wasn't monstrous, but just if you watch the game, the way he played was was really perfect. It was exactly what BYU needed. He, like I, I mentioned this on the call last week, I love how he does such a good job of not relying too heavily on his running ability. He obviously has it, but he doesn't get happy feet. He uses it, he mixes it in right when it's needed most. And I thought he did that really well on Saturday. He stayed in the pocket. He, he demonstrated poise. Um, he was cool, calm, and collected. Didn't let pressure, you know, uh, rattle him. Uh, that that play towards the end of the game where he stayed in the pocket, stayed in the pocket, waited, 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 scrambled a little bit, created time, and then hit Hill. Um, you know, towards the uh, the end of the game, there down to the goal line. It was it was huge. That 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 play right there kind of epitomized what he brings, uh, his skill set, his throwing ability, but also his ability to extend plays. And I thought he he did that masterfully on Saturday. So, Tanner, uh, obviously he's got the wheels that you talked about there, and that play down the left sideline was just – we talk about speed. That I mean, that that was very impressive. Yes. But 140 – was it 149 yards passing – is this an area where he can get to a point where he can utilize all that good stuff with his feet and maybe get 300-yard games? Or is it not necessary when you have Tyler Algier back there? No, 
No, I, he he totally could, and that's I think it depends on the game plan, and that's kind of what I you know what I referenced earlier. It was it was exactly what BYU needed. You know, I don't think they needed uh, a 300 yard passing game and 150 yards rushing. You know, he, he was he was able to to do his job and do what he needed to do to make sure that BYU was controlling the time of possession, uh, controlling the line of scrimmage. And and when you I mean yeah and you mentioned his speed I mean he really he he kind of slow played it a little bit he kind of gave a little bit of a hezy a little bit of hesitation and then turned on the jets it's too bad that he stepped out of bounds that would have been a, a huge play um, but he has that and and so I think as long as he can mix it up you know if he can use that speed when when he needs to but also keep looking downfield to uh, you know to to keep the passing game going. And I think it's going to make him tough to stop. You know, I think when when you have a balanced offense, and when you have a quarterback that can do both, that's that's really tough to defend. And I think it put Utah on their heels. Uh, they were on their heels or on the toes, however you want to say it. You know, they were they weren't able to get comfortable, and they weren't able to do what they normally do, which is get after the quarterback, get sacks, create pressure, create turnovers. And I, and I think that's another thing that needs to be said is is that Jaron took care of the ball. You know, there, were, there weren't really any throws, maybe one or two that were a little bit risky, but he took really good care of the ball and made good decisions. And then, obviously, Tyler Algier played great. Um, you know, he's, he's really impressed me with his, with his speed, his strength, his vision, and the offensive line did a good job dominating the trenches. Uh, I have some breaking news. This just came out seconds ago from Brett McMurphy. USC announces Clay, Hel- Clay Helton has been fired. Wow. So, wow! Instant reaction to that, Tanner. New uh, wow. play there at USC. That's big. That's 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 big. But I mean, honestly, I, I, he was on the hot seat coming into the season, and I think after that that loss on Saturday to Stanford, we kind of the nail in the coffin, I guess. But I mean, they, USC has so much talent every year. They recruit so well. They get some of the top high school talent year in and year out. It's one of those schools, kind of like Texas where every year they're expected to do well. They have high expectations because of their pedigree, because of their recruiting, but they consistently underperform. And so I think they're just, you know, obviously looking to make a change to to try and maximize their potential because it wasn't getting done with, with Clay Helton at the helm. Think but about what the the prospects could be there at SC if they hire a, a top-notch coach. Clay Helton seemed like a really nice guy. He fired his assistants on the reg, but, I mean, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. But he was not going to get it done at USC. And that's why last year with all those rumors about Urban Meyer and, and others, like, imagine if, if Nick Saban was coaching at SC. How do you think they'd be doing down there? Probably everything they're doing in Alabama. Get the yeah, right guy. Yeah. And SC yeah, has plenty of money right to pay. Guy. Totally. If you get the right guy there, the the, the potential's limitless with the type of talent uh, that you get there. And, and the Pac-12 is down. You know, overall, it's it's down to the conference, and so I think the opportunity is there to, um, you know, to to seize uh, a, a chance that you know, take it's, it's kind of anyone's game there. And so if you, if you can get a good coach in place, I think they'll, uh, you know, USC obviously would, would have a good shot at becoming returning back to their to their national prominence. 
All right, Tanner, I do want to get your thoughts on, on Charlie Brewer. And I, I will say this. Uh, well, I'll frame the question this way. Witt today in his press conference said Charlie didn't play well. He said he, he, he didn't have a great game, I think were the words that he used. But also talked about how the mistakes on offense were not that they got beat physically, but that they were making a lot of mistakes. So it doesn't sound like his teammates around him did many favors. So is it fair to evaluate Charlie Brewer during that game? Well, I mean – I'm a quarterback, so I, you know I'm all you know me. I'm always going to defend the quarterback in a lot of ways, just from the standpoint of it's always more than just one guy. It, it takes a team. Uh, a quarterback individually doesn't win or lose games. Uh, it, you know it requires a lot of support, a lot of help. The offensive line has to be has to be giving you protection. The offensive line has to be uh, creating opportunities in the run game. Your receivers have to be getting open. You have to have a scheme, a system that puts your players uh, in in good positions to succeed, which I think Utah's offense has always struggled with. That's something that I've always been critical of is Utah's system and scheme has never been ideal in in allowing their players to get open and to create um, dynamic, explosive plays down the field. And so that said, Charlie didn't play well individually either. It's a team game, but then at the individual level, no one really stood out. I mean, I think Micah Bernard had some great plays, um, uh, you know, some great runs. But at the quarterback position, yeah, Charlie Brewer struggled. Uh, I mean, just, you know, forcing passes, making um, hasty decisions, incorrect reads. And, uh, and then I, it, even that last, you know, that last fourth down play that, where he just sailed the short out route over Britton Covey's head into the, into the sideline, I think – I don't know, maybe showed some nerves, but to me it just, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't impressed with his overall play in that game. And in a game like that, when BYU is playing well, Utah's offense doesn't like to be playing from behind. It's not their MO. It's not their style. And so when you are playing from behind, you need your quarterback to be playing well. You need your quarterback to be making, making good decisions. And unfortunately, it wasn't there for him on Saturday. What do you think, Tanner, of the way BYU's defense showed up? I, that, to me, I think apart from Jaron, the the highlight or the MVP of the game is the defensive line for BYU. Um, I think every year, BYU, uh, Utah kind of hangs their hat on establishing their presence up front, dominating the trenches. And typically they're really good at that. But on Saturday, it was the other way around. BYU's defensive line was the one setting the tone. They were the ones causing pressure in the past game, getting sacks. And I, I think what I like most is that they mixed things up. I mean, last week, let's see, the beginning of the week, uh, Kyle Whittingham in, in a press conference talked about how you know BYU's defense hangs their hat on their zone, dropping back, keeping everything in front, not allowing big plays. And, uh, and that's kind of that's BYU's MO. But I think, you know, in, in a way, BYU tried to switch up the game plan. It's a game of chess out there, and when when when, a, when your opponent thinks they have you figured out, it's time to make some tweaks. And I think that Coach Tuiaki and Coach Asake did that. They started to bring more pressures. They started to get a little, little bit more creative with their twists. They brought more blitzes. They didn't do as much drop eight uh, as previous weeks, and it worked. I think it it had Utah guessing. It had um, Charlie Brewer confused. Uh, he was you know second guessing. His reads, you could tell he wasn't comfortable in the drop-back game. And, uh, and then, you know, at any time, a defensive line can 
create pressure, that is the worst thing possible for a, for a, for an, an offense because it, it it disrupts the run game, it disrupts the pass game, and um, you know hats off to BYU's defensive line for really making it happen. So it looks like Arizona State's pretty good. How hard will it be for them to you know duplicate that to recreate the magic, so to speak, to to beat another good team two weeks in a row? Well, I think they got the momentum on their side, which is always big. Momentum and confidence. Uh, I think we saw that last year. Anytime you can win games, doesn't matter who it's against or how it is, it, winning just breeds confidence. And so, obviously, two and zero, both against Pac-12 teams, going going for three and zero against the Pac-12 to start off the season. Um, they're they're going to play confident. Uh, Arizona State, they're good, but I think they're untested. You know, they played Southern Utah and UNLV. Uh, so really haven't faced, you know, a high-quality opponent. But they definitely have talent. I mean, Jaden Daniels is a, is a great dual-threat quarterback, had over 100 yards rushing last week against UNLV. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's emerging as one of the top quarterbacks in the Pac-12. So that'll be a test for BYU's defense because in the past two games, they haven't really faced a dual-threat. And so we'll see how they handle that. But should be a good game. I think, you know, Lavelle's going to be rocking again. And, uh, you know, if BYU can get up to a 3-0 start against Pac-12 teams, that would be a, a huge success for the Cougars. Tanner, how much, uh, how much does uh, a good set of receivers uh, inspire confidence in a quarterback? Because it looks to me like BYU's got some good ones in this group. And, uh, I mean, I'm not sure what's going on with the tight ends. I would expect them to be involved, too. But between the Nakua brothers and, uh, you know, Neil Powell and uh, Gunnar Romney, it seems like uh, BYU has uh, sort of uh, an embarrassment of riches there. Yeah. So, like I said before, a quarterback needs support around him to succeed. It's it's one of the most important aspects in, in helping a quarterback be successful is having talent around him. And the, this receiving core, they're experienced. I mean, Neil, Gunner, uh, we're, we're both there when I was there in 2018 now. You know, they're, they're growing up. They're big boys now, and, and they're playing with confidence, and they know what they're doing. They're, they're comfortable with the system, and they've really, you know, they've gotten a lot better. They've improved over, the, over these last few years. And then you obviously got the Nakua brothers, who are, are also experienced. You know, one played at Utah, one played at UW. They've got Pac-12 experience playing against good opponents. That, that just helps so much for a quarterback. Helps the quarterback be confident, helps the passing game uh, come alive, and you need that. Like, you know, BYU's been waiting for that. That's something that BYU's been lacking. Um, and, I, and I think that's, you know, not just receiving, but all around. And anytime you can get experience and have, you know, have talent um, surrounding the quarterback, that's, this is, it's just going to breed success. And as far as the tight ends go, Still waiting to see what what's what's going on there. You know, I, I talked about it last week after the Arizona game. I just don't think they've you know really figured out you know, the best way to get Dallin Holker and Isaac Rex involved in the downfield passing game. They're 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 sure-handed, reliable targets in the short to intermediate game, but I just don't think their strength is pushing pushing the seams or pushing you know taking advantage of uh, mismatches on the outside. They did a little bit last week with with Holker, um, you know, isolating him. On, on a slant route, on a smaller DB. But I think, you know, they're going to work to get them more involved because obviously teams are going to start honing in on, on Neal and Gunner um, and the receiver, receivers, so the tight ends are going to have to get more involved. But it's definitely great to see this, uh, you know, this, this talented wide receiver core 
really come alive because BYU's been missing that in, in years past. But I think last year and this year, they're really starting to shine. Last thing for me, Tanner, and this is uh, I want to talk to you about UVA. And I apologize if I've asked you this question before. I, I don't think I have, but maybe I have. I'm a Virginia Tech fan, so I'm at least familiar with with how it's gone for UVA over the past, you know, uh, well, all my life, four decades, uh, really. And when Bronco got hired there, I, I didn't think he would be great, not because he's not a good coach, but because UVA just finds a way to be mediocre to sucky and they just find a way to do it and it's you know an academic institution and all that sort of thing well well they handed out a whooping to illinois over the weekend 42 to 14 and they're coming to provo this year and so i guess are you surprised bronco and that staff are having the success they are at virginia i mean man i'm really looking forward to that to that game uh later this season virginia coming to byu i mean I have so much respect for Coach Mendenhall, his staff. I mean, that, that was the coaching staff that recruited me, that I committed to, that, that I really, um, you know, I, I obviously respected them a lot. I knew, I knew they were good. And obviously going to the ACC is a tough task, especially with the team that they inherited. Um, and to see the improvement year after year, culminating last year in an Orange Bowl appearance, you know, an, an ACC championship game appearance and then the Orange Bowl within a matter of four years, that's that's pretty remarkable. And I think it's a testament to the uh, coaching ability, to the recruiting ability of, of Bronco and his staff, uh, for the ability to really turn around the mentality, the culture of a team. Um, I, I think people get – they get, uh, they get tired of things that they're comfortable with or things that have been around for a while. And I think BYU fans started to take for granted what they had with Bronco and Robert and I um, and, and, and the staff as a whole. Uh, and and they, they showed that their system can thrive even in the, uh, you know, the, a, a tough conference like the ACC. It, 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 honestly, it proves that they're great coaches. And 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 it hopefully shows that BYU fans maybe, you know, obviously a lot were grateful, but to the ones who were ungrateful, hopefully, hopefully teaches them a lesson a little bit. Um, and so, you know, I, I I like I like to say I'm not surprised, but I was a little bit surprised just to see the the quick turnaround that they um, like. You know, I can't remember how many wins they had their first season, something like two or three, and then within another few years they're in a, they're in an Orange Bowl. That's pretty remarkable. Um, but definitely not not surprised overall at uh, at, at the at what they're doing there with their um, you know with their overall success. It's I mean it's, it's awesome to see, and I'm really really happy for them. Hey, I'm Jake Scott, and I'm the newest Wahoo. Oh, lame, right, right, <laughs> lame. Uh, Tanner, what do you think of Zach Wilson's uh, first NFL game uh, yesterday against the Panthers? I thought he. I mean, all things considered, uh, I mean I've I've been. I guess apprehensive a little bit going into the season, just because, as I've mentioned multiple times now, a quarterback needs a system around him to succeed. <laughs> and and when you go to the New York Jets, uh, when you're a top draft pick, oftentimes you're thrown into tough systems. You're not given the most support. Uh, you have new coaches. You have young players. You don't have a lot of talent around you. That's why they're picking first or second in the draft. And so I, I, you know, I've been nervous about that. Um, but I think despite a shaky first half, he showed a lot of poise. 
He showed a lot of resilience. You know, still ended up having two touchdown passes late in the game. You know, really kept him in it. And and so I think that was good. You know, didn't get blown out. Didn't you know? Didn't look awful. Made a lot of good throws. Showed what he's capable of. So I think all things considered, it was a pretty solid uh, first start for him. Tanner, thank you very much. We always look forward to it. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. See you, buddy. All right, see you. It's our friend Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback. We're here at the Dish Professionals, uh, 801-424-DISH. Call them now. And uh, Ryan has busted out the tailgater. Uh, this this is really cool. cool to see inside of it. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about here, listen up, because this is this is pretty sweet. Um, so basically, exclusive to Dish, they have a um, a mobile Dish solution, and you know, with uh, you know a lot of BOA fans starting to tailgate now, they're starting to open up a little tailgate lot, and you've got uh, you know we're a state of of weekend warriors. And yeah. You see I fifteen on Friday Fridays and. It's like uh, all these campers rolling out of town. Everybody's heading. And with all these great games that we have, especially with the jazz season, it's uh, nice with this. You just take this little device. It's about the size of a cooler, right? Yep. It just has a coax output. You set it outside, and it will auto-find the satellite for you. And um, this is exclusive to DISH. It'll get you a picture in HD, and... Um, you can just add it to your existing account. If you're a Dish customer, we have a pallet of these uh, available. You just swing by and pick one up. You know, if you're not a Dish customer, this is where I tell people, if you're a cable customer or DirecTV customer and you're like, okay, I want this, you'll be mildly surprised that it, this will probably cost you nothing because I'm going to save you way more money with uh, the upgrade to a hopper and you can get one of these. Take your sports fandom with you. Like okay, don't let right. it don't let it disrupt you or your camping trip or whatever. Of course, tailgating is is a natural. But you're right. I mean, we're out outdoorsy here. Yeah. You, take your sports with you where you go. And it's cool. It, it's uh, you know, you can be in the middle of our one of our great deserts or national parks wherever you're at, and as long as it can see the southern sky, it just does the work for you. And awesome. And uh, you can watch TV and. Uh, in HD, so it's pretty cool, and it's a uh, like the only you know the funny things, Jake. Some people uh, are like, well, it, do you have to have power? <laughs> <laughs> so you got to have power, and you got to have a TV. But other than that, we can get you the rest of the stuff. So that thing's cool. smaller than a cooler. Yeah, uh, that is fairly compact. I easy would say. to easy right. to take around, set up, uh, and yeah. take down. No and they're problem. really durable. This one's got a great story. It flew out of the back of my truck on the way to Lake Powell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's here. Look, it, it still is works. durable. It yeah. still works. We we took the cover off because we were like, well, let's see if it actually works. And uh, it still works. This one's not for sale, but uh, uh, we've got brand new ones in boxes. I like that. The 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 boxes have been, or the I guess container. What would you call this? Has been tested. It's been yeah. tested very, very at, thoroughly. At Eighty plus miles an hour, yeah, and <laughs> and still works. So I hey, if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Uh, thank you. Oh, eight zero one four two four dish. Call. Get signed up now. Yeah. Uh, we talk about the tailgater, but uh, you can get a hundred bucks back. Yeah, we're we've got a great two year promotion with Dish. The two year offer with the prices guaranteed. Um, you get uh, with Dish's current promotion, you get the movie channels free for three months. NFL Red Zone. So this is an awesome channel. Um, this is a uh, free for all new customers that sign up. And uh, also, there's a there's a thank you offer that's out for 
first responders, military, veterans, school teachers, hospital workers, where you get free pay-per-view movies every single month. So if you're in that group, there's that. And then uh, the Google Nest Wi-Fi router. And then on top of that, 100 bucks cash back. So this is today only. If you're familiar with hearing our remotes, we'll, we'll periodically we do a remote, 100 bucks cash back. And uh, we kind of want to keep the tradition going. While you guys are here, we get to give away cash. Let's do it. 801-424-DISH. 801-424-DISH. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After their emotional win against the Utes, BYU welcomes in another Pac-12 opponent as Arizona State rolls into Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 6 with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Cougars at 30 update here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Here's BYU quarterback Jaron Hall talking about what a big weekend it was for BYU athletics. I think it's definitely up there, absolutely. So we're very grateful for the president of the school and those who make those decisions, um, athletic directors, and and moving us in that direction. So that was great news, but, you know, we're just happy to to get the win tonight and I'll be able to run both. This update brought to you by Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Whether it's the classic, Rickster, Killer, Handsome Rob, Pastrami, Fajita, or one of their great breakfast burritos. And don't forget about their shoestring fries. Uh, the best out there at Marley's Gourmet Sliders will satisfy any hunger. Just off I-15 inside Tippinogas Harley-Davidson. It's Marley's. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Aggies kick off Mountain West Conference play with a battle with the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Hear all the play-by-play action on the Zone Sports Network, beginning with the pregame show at 4.30. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coaches. This is your press conference rewind. With all the insight and analysis from BYU and Utah on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the Dish Professionals. Call them 801-424-DISH. We're going to get to Coach Witt uh, highlights here. Uh, brought to you by Football Friday, uh, which is presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exam and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. We've got to talk about Clay Helton getting fired at some point, too. We've got to get into that. Firing a coach after the second game of the season. 
season. They should have so done. They should have done it a long time. They should have yeah. done it in the off season yeah. or don't do it at all. Yeah. Don't do it two games in. That's yeah. stupid. All right, let's get to the uh, the highlights from Coach Witt today, Gordon. Let's uh, start off with what went right, what went wrong against BYU. All right, short version is uh, they played well and we played very poorly. That was uh, as uh, bare bones as you can uh, boil it down to. Uh, as poorly as we played, we still had some really good individual performances. I thought Mackay Bernard was a big bright spot on offense. Uh, rushed for nearly 150 yards. It was insane average per carry, over 12 yards a carry. Uh, on tw- he had 12 carries total and was over 12 yards a carry. Added uh, four catches to that for another 15 or 20 yards. So he was a big part of big part of the offense. Uh, I thought Bam Olesen, even though he didn't start, he came in and gave us really good reps and and uh, played uh, some of his best football at left tackle. So so those are two really bright spots uh, on offense. Defense: uh, two linebackers, Nephi Sewell and Devin Lloyd, were very active. Made a bunch of tackles. Um, but other than that, uh, like I said, it was uh, a very uh, poor performance by us, which is my responsibility. I've got to get the guys ready to play. We weren't, we weren't good enough, and uh, my job is to make sure we are good enough. And so we've got to work it out for us this week. Uh, the San Diego State team is really good. They had uh, Arizona 35-7 at half. The game was over essentially at halftime, and uh, they were really uh, – impressive on offense in particular and so if uh we don't find some answers we're going to get the same results we got to find some answers this week all right i think coach Witt covered it all right there yeah and i like the way he took accountability for what happened and that that's what a, a classy coach does and he uh he wasn't going to sit there and go down the list of ripping his players he just said gotta play better it's my responsibility gotta make it happen so, yeah, I thought that was uh, that was appropriate and proper what he said. Up next, uh, here's Coach Witt. Uh, when was the last time he remembers his defensive line having such a hard time getting to the quarterback? Can't remember. It's been so long, and it really wasn't early on. You know, in the first half, they only had 49 yards rushing, 119 total yards. They wore us out in the second half. That's when they really started to wear us down and push us around. Of their 225-ish rushing yards, only 49 came in the first half. They wore us down. They, they did a great job of sticking to their game plan and not deviating and just continuing to run the football and softening us up, and usually we don't soften up. That was very disappointing to see that we were pushed around there in the second half and you know, we just got pushed around like I said it was a physical issue on defense in the second half offensively we're still not able to get into a rhythm uh, we're pressing the clock too much not getting out of the huddle in time it seems like we're scrambling to get out of the huddle and get the play called and we gotta everything's got to be more in sync and right now you're right there was a lot of stuff that showed up in the first game that was still there in the second game we got to continue to try to fix it hmm. war down yeah Wore down and uh, discombobulated on offense as far as getting the play in and getting to the line of scrimmage. He made it sound like uh, there were a lot of mistakes on offense. That's that's one thing he said, I guess, later on, or maybe it was earlier, that uh, that it was two different problems with the offense and the defense. Both didn't play very well, but it was for two different reasons. Yeah, okay. And maybe we'll get more commentary from him about uh, about in the trenches. But, yeah, he mentioned that Utah got shoved around. And 
were they tired? Were they confused by the blocking schemes? Were they were they distracted? Were they freaked out by having sixty three thousand people in the stands? I don't know. <laughs> were they just beaten by a team that was playing better than it was? I mean, take all, your pick. All of the above? Yeah. Um, up next, uh, here's Coach Witt's thoughts on Tavion Thomas, Makai Bernard, and Charlie Brewer. Well, it's a learning process with Tavion. He performed really well in the first game, other than the fumble. You know, he went for a bunch of yards, and so we think he's got a big upside. We want to continue to try to bring him along. Yeah, Mackay and Tavion seem to be uh, the more productive of the two. Now, they've had more opportunity than the other two as well, but there's just not enough carries to go around to give everyone a bunch of carries, and so you got to make the most of the carries that you do get. Charlie, uh, you know, again, with... Some of the blown assignments, there was some loopers and guys coming free on the, uh, in the pressures, and and so uh, you know we can all play better. Uh, he didn't have his; he's, he's capable of playing better than he did, but uh, we didn't do a lot to help him out. I like that last part, and it's true. The Utes didn't do a lot to to help him out, but and I think he would admit himself that he that was not stellar in that game. Right. Well, I asked Tanner that uh, when when Tanner jumped on with us, and uh, I thought he had a pretty good answer. You know, you're the quarterback. You've got to take some accountability because, you know, you're the quarterback. But it is a team game at the same time. It is. You've got to have uh, your offensive line block for you. You have to have receivers get open. Uh, You know, it helps when you've got a good running game too, obviously. But um, I don't know. I I think people were expecting a better performance out of the quarterback position this year. It's it's it, yeah. It's a lot of things, and that's what you're saying, and that's what everyone's been saying. But like we we we're watching a replay of the game as we speak, and there's the play uh, where Wit went for fourth and two, I guess it was, and uh, deep in BYU territory, and it's not the quarterback's fault, and yet that kind of thing just messes everything up. You know, how can Charlie Brewer play well when plays like that are going on? Or BYU's defense absolutely smothered that play. Interesting. It's uh, I, I think quarterbacks are so very important to the success of teams. But what Tanner said is absolutely correct. If you're not getting help, if you're not getting a push up front, if, if, you're not the, if they aren't keeping the pressure off of you, if you can't pick up a first down or a touchdown – on third or fourth down, two of nine on third down. That is that the quarterback's fault? Well, maybe sometimes, no, but yeah, certainly that not particular, all the time. That particular stat might be a little more heavy on the quarterback. Um, let's get to uh, this. And uh, speaking of that fourth down call, here's here's Coach Witt talking about if he had any problems with play calls on uh, offense or defense. Well, defensively, I didn't think the play, the, you know, the defensive structures were the problem. It was kind of a, a, two different issues. On offense, our main issue was mental mistakes. We didn't get beat physically. You know, we were we blew assignments way too often on offense, particularly up front. Defense was the opposite. We we were assignment sound, but we just got physically moved around and and worn out. And so so I didn't think our offense got beat up physically. We just we only had you know in a typical game you have about a dozen drives. In this game we had ten drives when you don't count the one play kneel down at the end of the first half. 
half. I don't, don't count that. So other than that, he had 10 other drives. And when the first two are turnovers and the third one's a, a three and out, and the beginning of the second half is a three and out, and then you have a critical holding call and, and some blown assignments that mess up a lot, you know, there's not many drives left. I mean, there's your chances to score are so minimized. And so that's another reason why the turnover margin is so critical because when you turn the ball over, you're essentially giving a drive away. And, and so... Uh, that's uh, it can't happen. We got to maximize drives, and we got to be better assignment-wise offensively, and uh, that was uh, the, the problem. And so, I don't think it's the play calling was an issue because for, for the fourth and two example, for example, uh, we blew an assignment, just turned the guy loose, and and so it's. Uh, can't, you can't win games that way, and and it's tough enough to move the ball and score touchdowns when you're doing things right. Let alone when you're having drops, uh, you know, getting penalized, uh, you know, just doing things to kick yourself in the in the foot. So let me get this straight: the offensive situation in the trench were blown assignments, mental mistakes. And on the defensive side of the ball, they got shoved around, beat up. That was the cut I was alluding to earlier in the yeah. segment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Which is really, that is surprising to me. The defensive side, certainly. Offense, we've seen mistakes before on the O-line. We weren't sure how good BYU's offensive line was going to be this year. It was really good last year. Uh, but they're big and strong. And maybe they just took it to the Utes. You know, that's what Wood was saying. Well, that much I think is pretty evident. Yeah. Which again is as opposed surprising to blown to assignments and mistakes made, those sorts of things. Which would you rather have as a coach? I think I'd. Well, that's a good. It, um, um, See, it's I, complicated because if the Utes were were really at a level where they were they were playing for a championship, then you would you would worry about those. Those mental mistakes, because that's going to get you beat. On the other hand, if you don't have what it takes size, strength-wise, then you're going to get you know, beat. That's going to get you beat. <laughs> I, I, give me the mental mistakes, because I believe you can fix that the fastest. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't suddenly get stronger. Yeah, if you're just getting whooped. I mean, you could dig down deep and you'd hope find a little more heart, but... You know, if they got tired, like that's an issue. Yeah, that's going to happen again. So that's really weird. Whittingham's probably sitting there, his head spinning around, right. going, "Okay, on one side of the ball, we're making mental mistakes. On the other side of the ball, we're getting physically beat up." Yeah, but you can but, fix a tackle's kick step. You know, <laughs> like you can if a receiver's running the wrong route, you can sit them down and make sure they're where they need to be next time. Mm-hmm. That seems to me like a more fixable problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, we'll get to more coming up next live from the Dish Professionals, 801-424-DISH, 801-424-3474. More coming up straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on The Zone Sports Network. James Empey. What happens in that locker room? You guys come off the field. Uh, kind of take us through. Do you sit and wait? Does Kalani come in? Like, who's addressed and how does that go? Coach addressed us, you know, talked about players that had a big game. We recognized all the coordinators, both A-Rod and E and Coach Lamb on special teams for their role and having us prepared and then just had a dance party and it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Are you dancing? Are you just kind of 
letting everybody else do their thing. We got to watch E dance and A Rod dance and all those guys. And uh, then I think we finished with the electric slide. So that was a that was a blast. <laughs> there you go. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Utes at 50 update here on The Big Show. Here's Devin Lloyd explaining the defense's biggest issue against BYU. I'd say we handled the short fields pretty well. I mean, Especially uh, in the first half, you know, I think when we, you know, they punted and now we, you know, they got a field goal. So we got to just execute on third downs. That's really what it came down to all game. Um, you know, we did a good job. And, you know, those first couple of as the game progressed, uh, they started to convert more. Subtape brought to you by Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be full service local agents and you'll save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day, with no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of the big show. That, of course, would be Big O and our good friends at Big O Tires. Right now, through, uh, right now you can save up to $150 on Big O brand tires during the Big O uh, Tires anniversary sale. Uh, big O Tires, the team you trust. Gordon, uh, real quick, we've, we've uh, kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, USC, breaking news earlier this hour, they fire Coach Clay Hilton. Two weeks in, and they did get smoked by Stanford, yeah. a team that lost to Kansas State week one. But they get smoked at home, and uh, now USC is, is looking for a new coach. We, we hinted at it in the last thing. It was so dumb to fire a coach after week number two. But, you know, at some point, the league needs USC to start performing. I understand that sometimes in college sports there's this overemphasis in my mind as far as the importance of winning. But – it was clear to me a long time ago that Clay Hilton was not the guy at SC. And I guarantee you that the folks down there who I used to run across who were in the boosters and fans and whatnot, they did not believe in this guy. And they understand what USC is all about and how good that program is, how proud that program is, the tradition that program has. And Clay Hilton was not going to take it where it needed to go. Yeah. That was obvious a long time ago, and I agree with you completely. Why wait until this particular moment to fire the guy? All right, let's get to a quick market update brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Gordon, how did the markets do today? Uh, mostly up today, uh, however, a little bit mixed. Uh, the Dow, Jake, was up just shy at 262 points. You know what we're talking about. The NASDAQ was down uh, almost 10 points. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> the S&P was up uh, 10 points. So, I hear you, brother. There you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the, the uh, market had been sliding a little bit last week, so it was 
good to see it sort of do a little better today. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports joins the show coming up next, but jumping on with us now, Ryan from the Dish Professionals. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about 100 bucks back. It's a big deal. But really, it's just a little incentive, Ryan, to, to pick up that phone and call now. If people out there yeah. have been on the fence and thinking about it, they can have a better product. They can save money and put an extra 100 bucks in their pocket. It's always good when we're doing little extras like this. And, you know, just to reach out to the people that are, you know, thinking in their head i think i'm going to do this this is the the day you want to call you don't want to wait and and miss the little extras but you know dish has such a great promotion with uh all the things they're doing with the credits for two years movie channels um you get the packed uh pack 12 network is available in there and also you get that nfl red zone and with the jazz coming uh we also got to make sure we got the att sports net so we're taking care of uh all those jazz players I got, a, I got a strange question for you yeah Ryan, you're sitting down. Okay, I'll give you two choices. Okay. You sit down to watch, uh, you know, on Dish, a movie and then a sporting event. What food are you picking? <laughs> the movie's got to be popcorn, right? I the mean, mo- movie's popcorn, yeah. I'm, I'm a big pop- popcorn guy. I had some last night, yeah. What's your go-to? You're sitting down on your easy chair in, in the den and you're watching uh, sports? What, what are you uh, going for? Usually like a, like a dip, like some kind oh. of a cheese dip or a bean dip i'm with ryan on the uh, dips Dips. Uh, what an incredible way to consume food give me (laughs) give me something i can put on the end of a chip brilliant better than like a a plate a stack of ham sandwiches or turkey or give me the dips all right my wife does these uh little mini hot dogs in the barbecue sauce in the crock pot and uh, those are pretty amazing the reason i ask that question is when you sit down in in your is there anything better is there any better way to be entertained to be in the comfort of your home right watching dish watching sports or watching a movie and that's mostly what i watch other than like documentaries and whatnot uh, and having having a bowl of whatever you want to eat. Good stuff, right? Right. It's perfect. That is the perfect night. Yeah. Is it not? Or Jake likes to go out on the town, right? No? Occasionally. I, I've got my home body side. I'll, I'll tell you what. I certainly am happy I have Dish uh, because it makes... Makes it easy. It makes I'll, it I'll, really I'll easy. I'll take the hundred bucks, and I'll take the hundred bucks, and an autograph from Ryan. <laughs> Although you have to cash the check, I suppose, to get the uh, get the hundred bucks. So you could like. take a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Eight zero one four two four dish. That's eight zero one four two four three four seven four. Call now. Make it happen. No better time than now. Uh, appreciate you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Dennis Dodd, next ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Aggies open Mountain West Conference play with a trip to the Air Force Academy for a showdown against the Falcons. Hear all the pregame action beginning with the Aggie pregame show this Saturday at 4.30 on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.